Welcome everyone to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast 162, recording this on Tuesday the 24th of November 2015. I'm Steve Litchfield, with me I have Rafe Blanford. Yes, hello everybody, time for another Windows Phone or Windows 10 Mobile Insight Podcast, I guess we should say. Um, as we said before, no plans to change the site name, still sort of emphasising the phone part of the Windows 10 ecosystem. And there's actually increasingly more to talk about because the first reviews and devices have come out in the States. So I know that's going to be one of the things we're covering in this particular podcast. But there's also a few bits of kind of news roundup around the software front. I'm sure we'll find an excuse to sort of waffle our way into a few more subjects, Steve. But the big, big news of the week, I have to start with this one, the, the tr- trumpet uh, trumpet sounding news of the week is that the 361 podcast is, uh, has come oh, back. You're, you're too kind. Yes, that is absolutely <laughs> right. The uh, first episode was published actually this morning as we're recording this. We're back for another season of 10 podcasts. Uh, those who have listened before will know we actually record some of them in advance and there's actually a few in the can right now. Um, this time around, we're actually trying out something a little bit different in that there's a, a challenge around the smarter home and who's got the smartest home. And I'm uh, struggling away a little bit with the uh, Windows phone side of that because it just does narrow down the options. But you'll be hearing about that. And actually, I'm going to talk about it a bit on the uh, All About Windows Phone podcast as well from a Windows phone point of view. But if you're into your general mobile tech, go and have a listen at 361podcast.com. Lovely. Okay. And uh, the Lumia 950 and 950XL devices you mentioned have been reviewed fully extensively over in America, generally with people who don't actually understand exactly what Microsoft is trying to do and who don't have don't really understand the subtleties of Windows 10 camera, etc., et which particularly annoys me. So there's all sorts <laughs> of problems I have with some of the reviews. But it, the, the European uh, review devices, including the UK, haven't yet arrived. It's clearly, we're, we're at least two weeks behind the USA. I think this is a, a decision made by Microsoft uh, deliberately. Uh, maybe it's to do with an AT&T exclusive. We don't know. But whatever, there is a, at least a two-week delay. Um, it's, it's possible I may have my hands on device re, review device by the end of this week. But who knows? I've got various fingers and pies and sources and places that you really shouldn't ask about. Um, but So do watch the site. We're all about windowsphone.com, of course. And we will, of course, bring you a considered review and not something that's been rushed out. I will take my time and do it properly. And it may well end up being a multi-part review. Sorry about that, but uh, a 10,000 word review will break Rafe's content management system. So there we go. Yes, indeed we will. As soon as we can, we'll uh, have some coverage up. Um, I think it's interesting talking about those reviews in general, uh, that they'd be pretty much what you'd expect. You know, there's some very positive comments about the camera and things like that. But as Steve suggests, I think not everyone is able necessarily to kind of appreciate it or review it from the perspective that someone who's familiar with the Windows Phone 8.1 devices might like. And actually, I think this is a more general problem with uh, smartphone reviews in that most of these um, people won't be surprised to know they're often under embargo for a week or so before they actually get published you have to work quite hard with a device to kind of understand it and get your mind around it in that space of time. Now, obviously, if you're doing lots of device reviews, it's it's uh, easier, particularly 
when you're doing lots of Android device reviews. Um, but I think for a lot of the people publishing them, they're not necessarily that familiar with the the platform and what Microsoft, is, as he was suggesting, is trying to do with it. And there's almost a, a familiarity bias. And you, know, you will see uh, the various fans of iOS and Android complaining about various reviews on various sites. And everyone's going to have their own opinion on this. But I do think, you know, you have to look at these and understand, you know, the context of where the review is coming from, particularly on some of the more general tech sites. Um, it, it's not to be sort of a, an apologist for people who are, are fans of particular devices, but they are going to have a, a very different perspective and there's going to be a different decision for them than buying it. And, you know, the reality, of, of course, now that most people are upgrading from another smartphone, um, especially for these higher cost devices, it's going to be very unusual for someone to be jumping straight in from a feature phone. So they'll already have a set of expectations and perceptions. Honestly, I, I think that probably does hurt uh, Windows 10 Mobile, given kind of all the conversation around the app ecosystem and potentially some other features as well. But of course, then if you've got other things that you want to do with it, if you, you know, appreciate the Windows 10 time, there are going to be other things that you, you maybe favor. Um, I think Microsoft has their work cut out from them. I think we're going to talk about this a bit later in the podcast, but noticeable to see some of the first reviews come in, um, some really fantastic images coming through in some of the reviews. We will be covering it in a lot more detail. And I think we'll also be you know, kind of doing our usual longer term coverage where we live with the device for a little while, compare it to some of the existing devices, which I think for the people listening to, to this podcast, they will find that uh, particularly helpful, Steve. Yeah, well, I've already started doing some comparisons. People may have noticed, of course, those. that's with the big caveat that I haven't actually used the, the new devices, but I've certainly been basing that on the, uh, your hands-on, uh, Andy Hagen's hand-on uh, reviews around the web and, of course, the main specifications and also my own uh, sort of knowledge of how these things work. So hopefully the comparisons up between the 830, 930, 15, 20 to the new devices have proved useful to people. And certainly they've, they've gone great guns in terms of comments and people getting involved in the discussion. So uh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, and um, to be fair, a lot yeah. of it's about the software, Steve. I mean, you've said this yourself on the yeah. podcast several times. The biggest update is actually the software and these new devices are going to be the things that run Windows 10 mobile smoother and with more yeah. performance than anything else. And so that alone is actually will tell you a lot about the devices. As I commented, there weren't any big step aways in terms of design. Yes, there's definitely a camera upgrade. There's things like Windows Hello, but most of it will still be familiar to you know a casual smartphone user and certainly to a prosumer smartphone user. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who's been on the Insiders program for Windows 10 Mobile, if you've got, for example, a Lumia 830 or even better, a Lumia 930 or a 1520, you basically, with the latest build, a 10.586.11, which was launched uh, about, about four or five days ago, you've essentially got just about everything that's in the Lumia 950 and 950 XL. Now, there is the continuum stuff. and There are a few extra small tweaks, which we'll come to when we do the review. But you've got 99.95 of the functionality, uh, albeit not perhaps with the same speed and performance. Um, so, yeah, as you say, a lot of the software experience, a lot of the, the applications, the, uh, the interface, all of that will be very, very familiar. So I've still got plenty to fill up those 10,000 worth with, Ray. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> but uh, a lot of it, yes, will be familiar. And hopefully we can set it in context. Uh, yeah, moving on. You did actually tease, Rafe, uh, just a couple of times, so let's do it now. I wrote an editorial this, this morning, which has proved somewhat um, controversial, uh, entitled, aside from, you know, us, 
who on earth is going to buy the Lumia 950 950XL? My point being, as you just kind of referred to, if someone's coming buying a £450 phone, in the case of the Lumia 950XL, they're probably coming from another smartphone, even if it's a low-end Android or a, a, you know, an older iPhone or even a, and a, perhaps an older uh, Windows phone. In each case, it's quite a step up. As someone who is used to a budget phone may not actually be wanting to go up to it at that sort of price level. And if they are at that price level already with a, a top-end Android phone or a recent very recent iPhone, then they've got a big jump down in terms of applications. So there really are lots of barriers to to the 950-950XL actually achieving you know real mass market sales. And my my point, the whole core of the editorial was to say, look, success for Microsoft for these two devices is not just to outsell the iPhone. It's not to get tens of millions of sales. That's never going to happen. These are if you almost stopgap devices. They're catching Windows Phone or Windows 10 Mobile in this case up to where it needs to be in order to be stay competitive so that when they do bring out something truly groundbreaking next year, we've heard rumors of this a Surface phone, for example, made in aluminium to the same sort of uh, um, eye-watering specs as the Surface. But when they bring that out, that there will have been something to pave the way, some flagship level Windows 10 Mobile device that, that Microsoft will have pointed to and say, look, this is how Windows 10 Mobile is supposed to work. This is how wind, good Windows 10 can be on a phone. This is how you plug it into a, the display dock. You hook up to wireless adapters. This is how you turn it into your Windows 10 PC experience. All of that can now be demonstrated. And I'm almost treating the 950, 950XL almost like demonstrators, really. As, as, as we've said many times in the podcast, almost like Google treats its Nexus devices as proof of this is what can be done. This is how good it can be. Yes, there will be further tweaks in terms of the hardware. There will be further polish, further style. But this is how it all should work. And I think uh, certainly for most people listening to this, that's how we want it to be. But it, you just don't expect you know, tens of millions of sales. Yeah, it's a really interesting perspective and a really interesting question to talk about because in one sense, I feel that you're being too harsh, but at the same time, I feel you're being too kind because actually saying they're just <laughs> demonstrators and stopgap for something new rather is unfair on the 950 and 950XL. I mean, I think a lot of that comes from this impression, which is actually quite right, that this is something of a mutant hybrid between Nokia and Microsoft. And certainly this has been reinforced by some of the Microsoft spokespeople kind of talking about surfaces, something separate. And, and personally, I feel this is a mistake where, you know, they've almost They've almost sort of been rude and sort of waved off the efforts of Nokia and their devices group, which for someone who's sort of used Nokia devices for years, I find is rather irritating. And uh, on the other hand, you look at what uh, has been produced with the Surface and the Surface book, and you sort of can't help but be impressed, even if actually there's been some uh, bugginess in the software side around the Surface book. So I, I absolutely agree with your, what you're getting at there. And there was undoubtedly a need to produce a flagship. And frankly, it should have happened uh, before now. And I think the complications from Microsoft buying the Nokia Devices Service Group, frankly, the fact that the Windows 10 timeline didn't really fit in with the rest of the lifecycle in terms of phone updates has really, you know, been quite painful. And, you know, for, you know, Windows phone fans or people who really like using the platform it's not exactly been the you know a 12 months to remember in a lot of ways uh it's quite noticeable that i'm using still a lumia 830 as my main device which could never really be described as a, a flagship despite the kind of affordable flagship label <laughs> it, it attracted 
Um, but I've actually been very happy with it and it's done everything I needed it to do. Um, but I have had the benefit of being able to carry around other devices as well. And I'm perhaps less app-centric than, than some people are. And, you know, when I do need those apps, I've kind of got access to an Android or uh, an iPhone device. But actually for the sort of daily triaging of email, of calendar, uh, the odd bit of web browsing, and actually, to be fair, it's quite a bit of web browsing now I think about it, and some of the kind of the core apps, you know, around navigation um, and some of that uh, productivity management, I would call it in general, and a few, you know, games and bits and pieces like that. I just find Windows Phone still easier to use, and it's, it is the familiarity principle um, for me has made it made it easy to stay with it, and actually. That's what's attractive about the, the 950 and the 950XL. It's going to bring things bang up to date. It's going to give a top-class camera phone, you know, whereas before I was sort of not exactly having to make excuses because actually the 830 had a great camera, but I was reluctantly taking a decision not to have the best camera phone in the device I was carrying about. So all those kind of factors start playing in, and you're right to wonder about what this audience is. Uh, I would actually say that some of those... Uh, traditional fans of Windows Phone will not buy this device because it won't be quite what they're looking for or they'll be waiting for the next big thing. I still think it will attract some new users who are just curious to try out the platform or want something different. And for all the fuss that gets made around the ecosystem, it is possible to see a fraction of that go the other way. We've talked about this, the Windows 10 advantage. And some people who aren't just aren't that bothered by apps, they want the good email and browser. And actually, the Windows 10 phone devices are going to do that really very well indeed um i i think you have to acknowledge though that it isn't as strong an offering as something like the ios and top-end android devices and so the problem here is that you're spending 450 pounds plus and you compare it to what else it was and windows phone has always felt weaker there you know we've always talked about how the value devices have stood out more from the crowd i think probably one of the worst kept secrets of windows phone is that all of the high-end devices they've never sold that well you know going right back to things like the 920 and the 925 you talk about a figure of about a million in the editorial and um without getting into the sort of guessing games of exactly what the shit, I think that might be quite generous actually in some ways, um, particularly as we look back. Now this time around, because they released in isolation, I, I think there's a good chance it will make those kind of numbers. But looking back to things like the 930, the 925, the 920, you know, they actually only ever did represent a, a smaller proportion of the devices being sold. And that was very evident in some of the numbers we got from people like Ad Duplex with the, the 520 and the 640 absolutely dominant in terms of the kind of share of devices or active app using devices, I guess we should say in the case of the Ad Duplex stats. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, it, people are going to get hung up on the numbers and it is going to be a big deal, but um, Microsoft has kind of already signaled that that ship has sailed. You know, they said they're not going to try and uh, compete directly there it is a bit of a cop-out and honestly um, for people thinking about spending you know four or five hundred pounds uh, frankly it is quite worrying because you do wonder uh, how long Microsoft will continue to invest in this space and whether they are truly committed I I think just because it's such an important thing for them to understand to be part of they will continue to do so and you know, there we've talked about how potentially these mobile platforms might change going forward and we've actually seen google and apple start to move in this direction of having kind of the single platform across all devices very noticeably uh, google for example didn't exactly end of life uh, chrome os but certainly it de-emphasized it in favor of having kind of android laptops or android equivalent powered chromebooks i guess we should call them so 
all of that's you know part of that calculation. Um, but I think in reviewing the 950 and 950XL, I do think you have to acknowledge that it is going to have a, a smaller target market and that it is, you know, for those who are deeply embedded in the Windows ecosystem, could it draw more people in the future? Potentially. And I think one of the things that I haven't really seen much remarked on in any of the reviews is the potential in the enterprise market and understanding continuum. I can see that being something that would be quite easy to sell into an enterprise organization. And that starts to get very interesting if they've made investments in that space. Um, and Microsoft has always been traditionally quite strong there. And that is very much in flux. You know, there's all the discussion around bring your own devices, but there are still big kind of fleet deployments of these, these smartphones. And, you know, the restrictions around Apple are kind of quite well understood by companies and, uh, Microsoft takes a different attitude and there's still the security concerns, whether real or imagined around Android. And so I actually wouldn't be surprised if the enterprise sales of these devices exceed the consumer sales. So it's going to be one to watch. We won't necessarily get the numbers on that. But uh, I think that question is one that's well worth debating and actually thinking about. And it's sort of very necessary context for understanding how we're going to talk about the uh, review devices and you know, going forward to sort of the next generation as well. Absolutely. Just a one comment there on those ad duplex stats. We've consistently seen that from ad duplex that the budget phones massively, massively outsell and apparently the, the higher end phones. And I did write a whole editorial on how those stats are skewed. Now, they're not skewed massively, but certainly by a factor of two or three, I'd argue. And in the case of things like the 1020, the 920, 95, the 1520, the people who buy those phones, the very first thing to do with any application is get rid of the ads by paying the in-app purchase. They never actually see any more ads. So, that that's why the high-end devices are very rarely really shown on those ad duplex stats. But of course, we know from Microsoft and Nokia themselves that things like the Lumia 520, the 630, 640, they were big sellers. So of course, they are they are the majority. You're right, but just wanted to correct that. That's uh, that's but, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that rant over. <laughs> just you did also mention price drops, and um, I, I noted actually this week that the uh, Lumia 950 XL, which seems to be uh, dropping not like a stone, but progressively <laughs> on Amazon UK, which is one of the biggest sellers of course in the country and in Europe is now down to 465 pound including VAT and it started off I think it's 540 or something so it's come down a long way it hasn't even shipped yet it's still got two weeks to go if not three weeks before it's available in user hands um it's tempting to view these price drops negatively right but basically this just means that the the people at Microsoft the people at Amazon they're doing their sums they're looking at the numbers of pre-orders looking at the number of the devices they're making and shipping and distributing and think hang on a minute we've got to lower the price a bit more to try and equal all those numbers up and uh, you know make our money back and I, th I th guessed when these two devices were launched um, a couple of months ago I did guess I, th I believe something like 350 and 400 for the two devices were my perfect prices for those specifications and in whether I'd like to see them in order to ship a reasonable number to make them you know quote successful with that caveat we mentioned earlier they're now down to about 420 and 465 respectively I can see the, the, the 950 getting below 400 and I can see the 950XL getting below 450 so I wasn't that far off and I think at these prices at least they will attract interest yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily say they're doing their sums on the pre-orders. 
you mentioned it's two weeks away. You know, when you think about currency fluctuations and the prices don't always get finalised until relatively late on, it's always interesting. Whenever you go to one of the the preview events, which is often a week ahead of retail availability, uh, Microsoft or Nokia, as it was in the past, couldn't actually tell you what price the phone was going to be because it wasn't finalised. So those things do change right up until the the shipment date, and to a certain extent. Um, there's quite a bit of margin in there and retailers like Amazon will compete to try and get the the pre-orders. It's notable that these price drops haven't really happened to the same extent on the Microsoft site, for example. And depending on what you're planning to buy, that might still be the better place to do a pre-order because in the case of the 950XL, you'll get the uh, Continuum dock kind of come as a, a free extra. Now, it's actually a kind of a rebate model where you have to fill something in and get it later. But given the price, if that's going to be about 80 quid, you have to think about where you're going to buy from. I suspect some of those uh, free docks offers are going to apply elsewhere as well. So it's worth uh, uh, keeping an eye out uh, for that as well. Uh, but yeah, interesting to watch all of this. And I think you're quite right about the pricing. I mean, we always say this, um, you know, buying a device right at the early release time actually is probably the worst time to do it in terms of value for money because they do do drop. And I mean, you also have to acknowledge that all of these high-end devices have to compete with high-end devices from six months ago. So, you know, I don't know, look at something that was announced in March and you know, the HTC devices or the Samsung S6, they've all come down in price. And actually you can get some pretty amazing devices for the 300 pound yeah. mark you know some of the samsung devices i think notably uh uh are very good value um and then of course if you start looking at the you know uh honor or the huawei devices or some of the other kind of chinese manufacturers that maybe have less brand recognition in in europe and the us offer fantastic value for money um you know people can get very hung up on the the cost of the phone i always tend to go it's important, and don't get me wrong, a lot of the decisions on what phone to buy are driven by value. But at the same time, these are very personal devices that people use day in, day out. And you know the success of the iPhone and indeed other high-end devices demonstrate that people are quite willing to pay that kind of money if they think they're getting something that's worthwhile. Where I think it's advantageous for Microsoft is they can point at these and go, actually, they're about £100 off the equivalent high-end Android and iPhone devices. So it just makes that initial purchase a little bit more palatable, particularly in the kind of shadow of the ecosystem. I don't want to call it a problem, but the reality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, you mentioned the eight thirty earlier, and I did. I also plugged three six one degrees podcast. And putting those two together, you, you mentioned on that podcast that you've been shooting photographs out and about as, with, with your Lumia eight thirty as your main phone while you're in. Is it t- t- Tanzania? Did it I get was, that right? It was. Yes, that's right. For those that don't know, it's actually I was out there for my sister's wedding, and it was absolutely fantastic. And I did take along a big DSLR and was able to take some great shots with that. But it was, you know, it's just another advert for smartphone cameras that I was able to grab a lot of kind of casual shots and even some things of, you know, elephants walking past and big, big cats just using the 830 because it was very quick, very versatile. Um, I did worry slightly about showing the orange uh, back to various wild animals, but fortunately there was uh, no savage attacks to uh, account for. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, 
it was very convenient to have it had plenty of battery life in it it was much easier to kind of recharge that because actually where i was um the electricity supply wasn't necessarily reliable and so recharging the batteries in the main camera wasn't as easy as it it could have been and where of course i just had a couple of the usb rechargers with me and because actually there was no network connectivity i just had it in offline mode so it lasted a very long time and just the number of pictures you can get you quickly you know get a bit of video um i actually made a very conscious effort to try and put it down at times to just watch the world go by and to watch my own eyes and actually you know it, it, still it's my mind's eye that gives me the most powerful memories but what i really like about the 830 was just it was small in my point and it captured enough to really give me a taste of it and was able to de- deal very effectively with very difficult light conditions both you know, very strong sunshine dark shade and that kind of thing which i had to do more fiddling with the settings of the the bigger camera and so in that sense it was it's what we talked about the the one that's in your pocket that's just instant you don't have to worry about and it captures those, those moments and so you know it was uh, as i was talking about it on the 361 podcast it did kind of bring home to me the contrast of actually i would pretty much now always choose to use a camera phone over kind of a big dslr i certainly wouldn't ever take a point and shoot out with me now the one exception maybe some zoom scenarios um and you know then i'd start wanting to invest in kind of bigger lenses and dsr and the, the equipment becomes a bit prohibitive to carry around and so yeah it's an interesting one right right to call that and yes excellent excuse to plug the 361 podcast again steve we should also uh, <laughs> pl- plug your own efforts over at the uh, phone show chat which people can get at which url steve litchfield.com of course there we anyway. go and there's weekly guests so it's always uh, entertaining to listen to because you get people giving a different perspective and it's uh, a much wider remit of course than the all about windows phone podcast and i should say it's also a little more regular than the 361 podcast because steve manages to get it out every single week yes much like ourselves on this good one indeed, but let's not indeed. go there and now you mentioned 830 just one up plug for a flow i wrote about a week ago but i haven't mentioned it before um i've been looking for as people may know i did a rant about it about replacement batteries for the lumia 830 uh, and it, it's been fairly true that replacement batteries for the, the top end lumias where they have replaceable batteries i think the 830 is one of the only ones are actually been quite hard to find the 640xl was also hard to find but i did notice that the uh, the form factor of the uh, 830's battery was exact identical the plan form factor for the lumia 535 which i happened to have to hand i thought well i'll just try that and although the voltage is quoted at nominal voltage 0.1 of a volt different and the capacity is slightly lower it works absolutely perfectly so if and it was a grand total of seven pounds an original battery brand new um, so do see the link in my flow. <laughs> Basically, it means if, if you want a, a replacement battery for your 830, you don't have to pay the £30 or so that you can just about find it from one site on the internet. You can go to a mass market battery re- replacer stroke supplier and get a, a, a BLL4A for, for the Lumia 535, you know, because it's a much cheaper budget phone. People are selling the the batteries for them because these are for norm mobs who obviously they run through batteries and they cripple batteries and they lose batteries so they're fairly readily available and they work absolutely fine so uh, do go and look at my flow if you're listening to this and uh Yes, get grab yourself a spare battery for eight thirty. Then you wouldn't need emergency charges out in in, in the Savannah Rafe because you just slam in another battery. Uh, well, I was also providing backup power to everyone else in the party, <laughs> of uh, you were. and I, and actually, I, I took a, a solar charger out with me, 
and uh, you know i've tried using them in the uk to out without much effect but they were actually fantastic because what i tended to do was just i had a couple of the usb chargers with me and i would charge up one of the 10,000 milliamp hour ones uh, you know one day and take it out the next and swap things over and of course those are things that usually take well four hours to charge up on the mains but they topped up quite happily in a, a day's worth of sunshine so you know as I talk about on the 361 podcast, actually, there was a lot of other things there that were quite quite eye-opening. Um, interestingly, there were actually, in Dar es Salaam, which is the, the major city in Tanzania, quite a few adverts for Lumia. Now, it was typically the older devices, but I was kind of surprised to see it. And I did actually see a few of the devices in the wild as well. Um, mainly, it was Android devices and a few iPhones. But um, I would say I probably saw about as many Windows phone devices as I saw uh, uh, iPhones and as I said there were plenty of mobile advertising all over the place and um, to be quite honest it was actually more about the mobile payments but just a few bits with uh, slightly incongruous pictures of Lumia plastered all over roadside shacks and things like that uh, but yeah absolutely fascinating to say listen to the 361 podcast for a bit more detail on that as well as the adventures of uh, Ewan and Ben in various foreign climbs. Are we going to see any of your 830 um, Savannah photographs up on, or perhaps a shared photo album? I, I guess I could uh, publish some of them if, if people are interested uh, in, in seeing them. Um, I, I had to admit, I didn't think anyone would be that interested in, in holiday and wedding pictures, but uh, I'll see if I can sneak them into a few editorials or reviews without anyone noticing. Well, we don't want the wedding ones. We want the ones of the elephants and the tigers <laughs> and the lions and so on. Anyway, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> Uh, build 10586 we mentioned is out but effectively the RTM the release to manufacturing as in this was the build that was effectively put on the 950 950 XL units that went out to shops and specifically to AT&T in America um, it's been inter- interesting to see Rafe whether when we do get the 950 950 XL in the UK in about a week or two's time whether that build will have advanced I suspect that they're working on it all the time of course um, anyone on the insiders preview program will be getting new builds uh, even beyond this RTM and I suspect that 586.11, which I quoted, specifically looking at the subversion number, I suspect that will be dot fifteen or something by the time we see we see hardware in our hands. Yeah, I think that that's right. I mean, these updates flow out all the time, and what I wouldn't be surprised to see is when they go into retail, them to then get a, an almost immediate update. I mean, the interesting thing is now because the updates are becoming a bit more regular or becoming a bit more frequent it's actually harder to tell the difference between them and it's not until you sort of dive into the settings when you notice a problem uh, and so for example i think in this last fix uh, last update there was a fix for the kind of the start menu being corrupted but you'd only actually notice that if you were upgrading or restoring a backup from a phone that had a kind of different resolution which of course most people wouldn't be doing and actually, uh, there were also some stuff around storing stuff on the uh, SD cards, which again, unless you dive into the settings, you probably wouldn't notice. I have to admit, I didn't notice until I checked them out uh, following some notes. And that's actually quite a, a telling thing in some ways that an, an update on the Insider's build now, it, it's got to the point where it's stable and there aren't any sort of big performance or feature improvements that you'll notice you're still getting them through some of the software updates maybe we'll touch on those in a moment and i think even in the uh, most recent build the 10581 um there are still a, a few problems i think i'm right in saying steve there was one around um uh, a reboot uh, a loop if you try and factory reset a device which i know yeah. you're always keen on doing um but again there are some details on the microsoft site about how you can get around that and there are also some things around um 
developers will be interested in in terms of uh, deploying Silverlight apps. But all in all, actually, the kind of differences that consumers would notice would be relatively minor, which is actually exactly as it should be as for this kind of retail release, if you will. Yeah, the uh, the storage thing was actually that storage sense was completely broken in the previous build ten five eight one. It just didn't work at all. Uh, in five eight six, it it now works fully, and as you say, it also has the full access to the SD card, so things are much better. Uh, I did notice that there are, there are still some minor performance issues on the older devices like the ten twenty, which I still think kind of struggle a bit with the Windows ten mobile. Wordflow is almost unusable, I'd say, because it the the, the as you swipe your finger around the keyboard. Windows 10 Mobile on the 1020 and the other Snapdragon S4-based devices, that there's a tiny bit of lag as the gesture follows you around, and it's really off-putting. Now, you can just tap away and tap the keys as normal, and that works fine, but uh, I do think there is some optimization there. But they've, as I said many times, they've got two or three months before the over-the-air updates for the older processors actually hit, so let's not judge them too harshly for that. Um, the rich capture stuff and all uh, Windows 10 camera I've been focusing on, I've done two or three stories because they keep, it's been updating now something like twice a week, which is quite impressive, really. There's, there's, they've obviously got uh, issues there that they have to work on. They're still trying to catch up, to be honest. Um, get to Windows 10 camera to the point where it can fully take over from Lumia camera. And uh, they've got the rich capture working. You can now select best lighting reliably on all phones. They've uh, also tweaked the rich capture so that now having shot an HDR or dynamic flash photograph, Normally, you'd, you'd tap on um, you know, uh, choose best lighting and it will give you a do you want artistic HDR, no HDR, customized. And every single person and their dog always tapped on customized because it's so much fun to slide that slider up and down. So they've now basically said, look, you, you tap on ed, choose best lighting and you go straight to the slider and you can basically choose it in one go, which is much faster, much smoother workflow. So they are getting there. The one big caveat, and I'm, I've been nagging Yuha and his team over at Microsoft, is that... Uh, uh, Windows 10 camera still can't capture audio in stereo. We've got these wonderful high-amplitude um, microphones, rich recording, etc., um, and it's, they're not being used at all, as far as I can see. They're certainly not in stereo, and never mind the Dolby surround sound. So there's an awful lot of untapped audio stuff that just not is not being captured at the moment because Windows 10 camera hasn't got that code. Um, we got an update yesterday, and that didn't add it, so I'm, I'm rest assured, if you're listening to this, I'm on top of that. And as soon as Windows 10 mobile camera actually gets that, then I think at that point you probably can retire Lumia camera, which I certainly notice is uh, not always available in the store for many devices. So that but you really won't need that because the stereo audio will also be in Windows 10 cameras. So we're definitely getting there, Rafe. There's also a photos update, which adding integral video trimming. So before you'd have to go download a separate, there used to be a Nokia app, didn't it, to trim your videos, and that's all built into Windows 10 Photos now. So we've got a, we've got to the stage where you can snap a photograph in Windows 10 camera and go and do all the rich capture editing. You can go through to photographs and you can do the video trimming and all of other various uh, create, Lumia Creative Studio and the sharing and the uploading to OneDrive and the auto-uploading. And almost everything now works. It does kind of feel like they've still got that 1% left to do, but we're certainly nearly there. And let's face it, only a handful of real devices running this OS are actually in real-world users' hands. 99% of people using this OS at the moment are people like me and you, who are basically beta testers. Yeah, and the fact that you're almost satisfied, I think, is a, a pretty good sign. I mean, there is that big feature still to come on audio, but it is very noticeable that the tweaks recently have been far more around improving the flow and basically making the user experience i think more accessible for the average user and i'm definitely in favor of, uh, of stuff like that especially when that functionality isn't going away it's it's still available as you you mentioned in the rich capture stuff 
you know, I think we'll continue to see these updates. And uh, I, I think the stereo audio one's interesting because it's always been made a big fuss of um, in some of the promotional videos for things like the the 930 and the Lumia Icon. People might remember the muscle car video. It'd be really interesting to uh, see whether that does make it into a more recent update. It may be that on some devices, uh, you know, some of the release devices, and I haven't actually checked this out, that it, it is supported. It's just because it's the insider bill which is going to target at multiple devices. Because, of course, a lot of those will be uh, 640 or devices that don't necessarily have that capability to capture stereo audio in quite the way that something like the 930 or indeed the newer devices will. Uh, but it is very encouraging that these updates has continue to flow um, and it feels like a lot of work has, has been done in the last few months. I mean, I think the photos flow in particular is almost unrecognisable from what it was at the beginning of the Insiders programme, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention the fact that we had, you know, Windows Camera, we had Lumia Camera, we had Lumia Camera Beta, some people said Nokia Camera Pro, and, and it was just ridiculous, the sheer number of options, and, and reviews quite rightly um, p- pointed this out on many devices, saying, look, why on earth is Microsoft, and it used to be Nokia, shipping this just com- complex nightmare of Im- image yeah. processing workload? It's now much, much simpler. I put several links in these stories to a couple of diagrams I did, hopefully pointing out how simple it now is, and uh, yes, I've been very, very happy, really, generally with the taking photographs on the 830 here um, and the 930 and the 1020 may or, or may not get there just watch this space because I'm of course on that device being one of my favourites and I'll report back as and to when it's really is 100% safe to jump into the water with, if, you, if you're the 1020 is your main device which I'm still not 100% sure about <laughs> yeah Indeed. I think we should uh, probably leave the photos and some of the uh, Windows 10 mobile stuff there. But I did just want to call people's attention to one of the things you spotted around OneDrive in terms of uh, buying some of the existing plans while you still can. Uh, it's <laughs> the last yeah. time we're going to mention this, but given that what we've mentioned about grandfathering, I do think this is one that's worth pointing out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Microsoft made these uh, statements about their plans for OneDrive in 2016. And the quote was early 2016. Now, this might mean January the 1st, more probably knowing Microsoft, it means March or April time, which in theory means you've got four or five months at the old rates to get on board. And I did notice in the wording of their statement that, quote, existing users of the 100 gigabyte and 200 gigabyte um, storage tiers will be unaffected, which means that, okay, the 50 gigabyte if that's not enough for you at £2 a month or $2 a month um, from mid-2016 onwards, maybe it's not enough. But if you get on the 100 or 200 gigabyte tiers right now, you will be unaffected and you'll carry on paying that rate, as far as I know, and you won't be limited and you won't be throttled, you won't be limited. Um, ad infinitum until Microsoft, you know, change everything all over again. So I think if anyone even remotely thinking that that 50 gigabyte is going to be a problem come mid 2016 now is the time just get yourself signed up it's only whatever it's work out one pound one pound 40 a month in the uk um and get yourself on the tier that manages for you and then if microsoft do remove those buy buttons as they might well do at any point on their OneDrive pages over the next i say over christmas you'll be sitting pretty and will be grandfathered in yeah yeah, that's right. And if you look at the pricing of this uh, for the 100 gigabyte plan, we're talking about £24 uh, for the 200 gigabyte plan. It's £48. I would say if you're looking at that bigger option, honestly, I'd pay the little bit extra to get up to kind of office personal and then you'll get the terabyte of space and you'll get office uh, 365 as well. But I suppose in the, in the sense that this gives you another option, good one to consider. And certainly at the 100 gig at you know, £24 a year does seem quite attractive if you're not an office user. 
Yeah, absolutely. And one final postscript to our postscript to our PS on OneDrive <laughs> is that uh, also, as many people have spotted, and we kind of spotted it at the time, but I didn't comment at length because we didn't know the details. But uh, Microsoft did say in the original statement that if you, if that initial, you know, five gigabyte for free, as and when you say you've gone over that, and they then throttle things back and in, in say May 2016, and that your 15 gigabyte, the plus camera roll bonus, all gets shrunk down to five gig, and you're over the limit. Um, you, you've still got 90 days grace, but the big thing that people kind of kind of spotted, and we still need need to know the details on, is that Microsoft said that anyone in that position will be offered a free one year's Office 365 with the terabyte of storage. So, even at worst case, say you you, you go over five gigabyte, and Microsoft do tend to come around to you and say, okay, you've got to sort your 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 stuff out. Even at that point, in theory, there should be an email with a link, and you'll then get another year's grace with a full terabyte before you then have to make that decision we've just talked about, about you know, um, 50 gigabyte, 100 gigabyte, 200 gigabyte, or as you say, just stay on Office 365, which is, after all, very good value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we're almost out of time for this podcast, Steve. There's maybe one last thing we can uh, mention, uh, which is the Xiaomi tablet that caught my attention. And just as a and finally, thing in this podcast, this is one of the big Chinese manufacturers announcing basically their equivalent to the Apple iPad, and it's uh, running Android by default, but they do have an option because it's running an Intel Atom Z5 processor, I believe, to, to ship with Windows 10 Mobile. This is, in effect, kind of one of the first devices we've seen that is kind of this small tablet Windows version. And as far as I'm aware, it's running the full version of Windows 10, but kind of without the desktop mode. There aren't actually full details on this, but kind of interesting because this is the kind of gap between the traditional 10-inch tablets and then, of course, up to things like the Surface and then beyond that to laptops and you know desktop PCs. And this is kind of a middle of the road. And it, it sort of does blur the lines because this is kind of, just a bit bigger than the 1520 kind of tablet. And um, there is, of course, a distinct difference between uh, Windows 10 uh, mobile and sort of Windows 10 for for the desktop. Just uh, one that would be worth watching out for, because I'm sure we're going to see more of these in due course. But yes, if you're interested in that kind of space, the, uh, the Xiaomi Mi Pad 2 has got announced today, along with a couple of other things from Mi Pad. It, it fascinates me that Xiaomi is also announcing things like uh, the Mi Air Purifier, along with um, the Redmi Note 3, which is kind of the uh, metallic uh, fablet device, all of which, you know, very competitively priced. Uh, does owe quite a bit of design to Apple, I would say, but um, yeah, very interesting to keep, see those kind of range of devices. And, you know, Xiaomi's come out of nowhere in the last last five years and is, is certainly displacing some of the kind of traditional smartphone shipments, or maybe that's not entirely fair because most of their market's in China and it's a market that's emerged in just the last three or four years. But nonetheless, it, it caught my attention as kind of a Windows device, even if it's not quite covered by the All About Windows Phone remit, but uh, worth a look if you're interested. Why couldn't there, Rafe, be a device that is, say, six and a half inches or seven inches, but running Windows 10 Mobile? In other words, you take the Lumia 1520 and just supersize it by 10%, because admittedly, it's not a one-handed device anymore. You, you may not even call it a phone anymore, but that's still a very interesting device, and you wouldn't have to worry about you know, the, the tablet interface shrunken down, as it were. There, there's nothing to stop people doing that. I mean, the, the magic thing here is, I believe, um, it's eight inches above which Microsoft starts changing the licensing terms. And so this is actually a 7.9-inch device. But I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see, um, you know, some of the manufacturers 
experiment a bit with the different sizes and form factors. Um, and obviously, the uh, Windows 10 mobile device is typically going to be running on ARM processors. We aren't sort of seeing uh, what we had with Windows RT, where there was kind of Windows on ARM. Windows 10 mobile is going to be on ARM for the time being, although I suspect that may well end up changing the future. Don't be entirely surprised if we see kind of the surface phone running something a little bit different if not this time around perhaps in the in the future so all of this is still very interesting from a a hardware geek point of view yeah absolutely and because we're running long and i think next week's podcast may be a day or two delayed i'm just going to mention one final thing and that's an app pick and say go and have a look at my review of fox one advanced edition i've been ranting about freemium games so much over the last couple of years rafe this is one game flight simulator you get all planes all weapons all scenarios all missions all for about two pounds and basically you work your way through them as you if you play well you get to unlock the next mission and next plane and so on and so on and there's no no ads no in-app purchases no reason to dip into your wallet ever again and that's how i want to see games and uh, fox one advanced edition highly recommended yeah okay great well i'll have to check that out okay everyone thanks very much for listening i'm gonna sign off now but don't forget to tune in next time thank you all for listening and uh, hopefully next week i won't have to mention OneDrive at all i'm getting <laughs> very confused and very fed up with the topic but we'll re- revisit it in 2016 goodbye from me as well uh, and don't forget 361podcast.com <laughs> and stevelitfield.com for phone show chat as well oh, so give it a rest you know, I, we're just going to do a little bit of plugging there we go that, that's it for the time being uh, go and have a listen to some of the other fabulous podcasts or let us know what your favorites are and we'll talk about them on the show thanks for listening goodbye for now